Hi guys and welcome to the first podcast episode of On Track Mind. I'm your host Verity and I'm joined by the gorgeous Sophie McGinn. You may know her as the owner of Shred Magazine. She's a female racer and all-round icon. <laughs> I would say icon. She's yeah. Sat, sat with a coffee and a champagne glass. Like, why not? <laughs> it doesn't get much more iconic than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sophie, give us a bit of bit about you like where you started how you got into the industry Mm -hmm. gosh it's been that long now I can't even remember um (laughs) so I have pretty much grown up in the motorcycle world um been riding myself since a tiny tiny age been at track since I can remember um my dad was a mechanic for a few BSB teams all right pretty much yeah I've pretty much grown up in that industry Mm. um and then it kind of snowballed really so I started doing a bit of social media bits for my friends that race um little bits and bobs like that and it's just eventually snowballed over these years into getting some pretty awesome like presenting gigs um I do a lot of social media content creation for um quite a few brands in the industry so like I do a lot for Rock Helmets um quite a few <laughs> I know always. Um for a few a few of the races. Um yeah, it's 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 been a bit of a mental journey to be honest, but I'm here for it. It's great fun. And it's so amazing to see more women getting involved and you were definitely the first main figure in the industry. I sort of saw you mm-hmm. and I thought, oh my god, like she she is badass, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> I think the first, I can't remember the first time I sort of came across you. Um, it was through Dom Herbertson, shout out Dom. Yes. Um, yes. He said, do you know what Verity, if you want to go further, message Sophie McGinn and make sure you're on the next trip with her. Like she was, she was like, yeah, look into her and you'll be fine. And you've helped me a lot already. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> no, so it's, and I'm not I'm not trying to kiss your ass or anything, but definitely seeing your content creation, it's definitely inspired me. And mm-hmm. you're, you're like my role model. Oh, stop it. That's so sweet. Thank you. And it's, I think it's really easy to, especially for women in the industry, it's very easy for us girls to sort of be shut off and do our own Massively. thing, not really be open. But you're mm-hmm. one of the one of the many that are so open about everything that it makes it more comforting for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the the main things that I try and do with what I do and what I personally put out on social media is to be authentic as possible. Yeah, like I try and put this across to so many people who either ask me for advice or I've been on other podcasts, and I'm like, just be you. People are either gonna love it or hate it, regardless of what you do or who you try and be or what content you create. People are either like it or they don't. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And if you can be as true and authentic to you as a person, mm. then you're absolutely laughing. Like, I, the stuff I put out, the raw stuff that you see of me, like, you know, I put something out of the weekend and I'm absolutely shit up to the eyeballs because I've been <laughs> at motocross and I've got no makeup on and I look disgusting. It's like, that's me as a person. Like, be true and be authentic. And then there could be another post where... Like, for example, I sent you a video yesterday and I was freaking dressed up as Harley Quinn doing a shoot at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's one of the main things I really try and get across to people is just be you. Don't yeah. pretend to be anything else. Like, it's social media. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun and you're supposed to enjoy creating this sort of stuff. And the kind of moment that it starts to feel a bit of a chore or a bit like, mm, if you start second guessing it then change it up yeah that's the beauty of it you can change it every day if you want to yeah and I've especially found that especially with this being like the first podcast I I I love writing like it's always been my thing um but I found it so daunting having to write these articles and it's like Mm -hmm. I'm not presenting it as it should be so yeah I've switched it up and I'll still keep on doing that so if people want to read this as an article I will have it up as an article mm-hmm. um but yeah like you said just switching it up because the first time I did it I was posting like really basic things and I was like no 
it was yeah. it's just not me so I started posting it's not like, getting your voice life. across how you yeah. want it to come across yeah, yeah I get that and that's exactly that's why I want to do this like mini series of um mm-hmm. like women in motorsport because mm-hmm. you don't see that side of it so mm-hmm. no definitely um <laughs> But um, when you first started in the industry, what was it like coming into it? Um, like the attitudes towards you, like especially mm-hmm. being a woman, how did you find it coming into this mad world? Ooh. Um, uh, for me, it's I've always been quite a strong individual. So if anyone normally says a little comment to me or anything like that, they get it 10 times worse back. <laughs> but I think I think from growing up in it, it wasn't so difficult. I say it's it's really it's been tough. Don't get me wrong. Um, mm. You know, people actually taking you seriously. Um, you know, people even now people look at me with the blonde hair, stereotypical. Yeah. You know, bird that they think is just gonna be a bit of a knob. But not saying yeah. all blonde people are nods, by the way. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> it's true. It's um, I just did the article with Jill Gurley, and yeah. she said they just saw me as a another blonde girl that didn't know what she was yeah. doing. And it's like, well, no, yeah, she she, did. she had she has a degree and a master's. Like she knows what she's exactly. on about. Like she knows I, herself, man. I've definitely got it as well. It's like people say stuff to me, and I'm no way trying to badmouth anyone in the industry. Everyone's lovely. But yeah. there are certain times where you do get the odd comment of, oh, you just here for the riders or you just here yeah. to get into a motorhome. And it is really hard. Um, mm-hmm. So if you, when you've had that, um, as I suspect you would have, mm-hmm. you're a gorgeous individual who wouldn't want you. <laughs> um, how have you dealt with that? Because I think it's really easy because there is this stereotype of if a girl does something with a singular guy she's dubbed a slag she's dubbed this when actually girls can enjoy their life just as much as guys can absolutely um you sort of gotten through that um I mean let's face it it's no secret like I've dated a few racers want to name drop (laughs) no absolutely not they don't deserve the clout girl they don't deserve it they don't Um, (laughs) no disrespect but (laughs) I think um I think from that, obviously, people just assume, like, I'm there with someone or yeah. that sort of thing. It used to be a lot worse a few years ago, but now I've kind of, especially over the past year, I really feel like I've found my feet mm. and I'm getting I'm getting the recognition and respect that I deserve in the industry for, with my job, you know, in general, because... Yeah. Like, I've worked my balls off, excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> I've worked, like, you know, I've worked my balls off to get to this point. And, like, for example, I did the Arena Cross gig on Saturday. That was amazing. I saw that post and I was like, oh, my Like, I was watching it, just waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so, for anyone that's kind of listening in, um, so the Arena Cross is uh, a five, six part uh, Supercross series which travels all around the UK um and it's always been very male dominated it's hosted by two great guys matt and jeff they are unbelievable at what they do um but i got drafted in last minute as they wanted a bit more of a female um presence on there which was great i mean i've got a lot of experience in the motocross industry so mm. it was like chatting to my mates in the paddock in the pit it, it, so it's it great nice to have that chill vibe because we had um Rafe Broadley who obviously did exceptionally well last weekend um the time we're recording this uh it was just recently the Birmingham round um Mm -hmm. they already had the Aberdeen round um but it was amazing to see you come in and even though it was last minute because they wanted that Mm -hmm. diversity they wanted to see a woman involved yeah how, how did you feel were you like oh I'm there for this or I'm just gonna go balls deep again the pun um in all honesty like I was a bit gobsmacked when I got the call up because um it's quite a funny story actually so for the past six years right arena well it's been going forever hasn't it past six years I have sent an email every year to 
put myself forward for the female position. Oh, wow. Not even joking. Every year I sent an email or a LinkedIn message or some sort of message to communicate. And like, yeah. hey, I'm here. I'm yeah, here. I am here. Like, I'd, I'd be a great position. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I'd previously done some work with uh, Jeff. Yeah. Who's one of the hosts? Who's one of the hosts on the uh, on the stream? But they they kind of threw me in, and I was I honestly I was absolutely shitting myself before I got there. Um, but I, I knew as soon as I got there, and I was like, actually, no, like I've got this. Yeah. This is what I've waited for. Like this is what I've waited all this time for. Like yeah. my capabilities as a presenter, I knew were there, and I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you've earned it. You're so deserving of that position. Yeah, without sounding like a bit of a cocky twat, but (laughs) like, (laughs) like like, I say it. (laughs) Yeah, like I knew that's where I was supposed to be. Like that was my place, and it probably just hasn't happened in the past because I wasn't ready. Yeah, but now we're here, and I've got another another round on the 18th of this month in London. So. Oh my god! Exciting stuff. Oh, so cool. <laughs> um, what have you found the most challenging in your career so far? So obviously you've got Shred Magazine, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. Uh, <laughs> big inspiration. I sort of stumbled across it, and I was like, "Hmm, I'm going to take some inspo." Um, um, so obviously you've got Shred. You raised yourself. Yep. You went to Macau. How yep. did you survive that isolation? I don't know. <laughs> but you know there's there's a lot of things you do like you're tr- mm-hmm. you're trying to you've got fingers and pies everywhere yeah what's been the most challenging aspect of um, that um gosh uh not getting enough sleep probably no I'm joking um, <laughs> I'm that um I made I made a bit of a pact with myself last year that I was going to say yes to everything that I could I love that. Every every opportunity that got presented in front of me, I, I made a thing and I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. And I had, I had a bit of a look back the other day. I was looking through my phone, my camera roll and stuff. And it was like, gosh, like when you apply yourself in a different way. And yeah, it might be challenging. Like your anxiety might be through the roof. Like mm. there's been times where I've been absolutely exhausted like you know struggling to eat struggling to sleep because I'm so overwhelmed with everything yeah and I just think god if I just said no and I was sat at home that weekend and just thought seeing it on Instagram yeah like I traveled the frigging world last year just by putting myself out there and being more assertive and yeah it is really tough and it's tough being away from home like it's tough being away from family and it's really tough managing um you know the social aspect of things like last year the past few months like I hardly seen any of my friends it's just chaos um but yeah I think the most challenging part of it was just actually well I say the scariest part of it was actually just having the balls to say yes and be like yes I am gonna do that and it's terrifying yeah but my god is it rewarding like it's so worth it in the long run yeah and it's it is really easy to say no and sort of stay in your comfort zone but then yeah. the amount of times that I've sort of gone oh I don't know if that's right for me like I had a lovely op- I had an amazing opportunity to work with the brand Ugly and Co at the Birmingham mm-hmm. Bike Show which is obviously where we met yeah. um and I just said yes because I'd worked with them at brands and I was like okay this is really cool like I really love working mm-hmm. with them they are lovely mm-hmm. lovely guys um but I was like Birmingham's far like it's gonna be expensive I was like mm-hmm. no I, we can make it happen and yeah I'm so glad because the connections I made were I, I can't even put into words yeah. I feel yeah. really fortunate um so I'm definitely with, with you on the yes saying yes all the time yeah it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with but yeah. when they do yeah. it you have to really push yourself out there like I've gone to events before where I've not had a job I've Mm. used my last 20 quid of fuel Mm. to put fuel in my van to get to somewhere on that day for example I would have met five different people that then spiraled into me getting another job so it's like yeah 
if t- if things are tough and they feel like you're out on the last last limb, is that the right word? What I saying? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, your last leg. Yeah, it's you've just got to do it. Like it's scary, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, because networking is something mm-hmm. that gets you through this industry. Like I've really learned that. Oh my god! Yeah. I sort of thought, oh, I can go in do this job and then I should be able to get there and I was like well no because if you don't know that person you you mm-hmm. don't know that and it is I yeah. am so so thankful for the people I've met um especially Dom and the lovely lovely Chrissy Rouse like they oh, really helped me guys. we love them and honestly and I've I've said this to Dom I said it to Chrissy and on track mind is based around those guys because it, it was yeah. those two that brought me to do it they were like just just do it like especially Dom like he was like just go for it you'll regret it like and it's yeah. so true and the I was very fortunate it was almost a year ago at the XL show um that I was chatting to Dom and I was like I want to do this I want to do this and he was like go for it and mm-hmm. he was like come with me and obviously they have for those of you who don't know at the XL bike show they've got a massive flat track and they take is it, they take pit bikes round and they just, yeah, they yeah. just they're crashing everywhere it's it's a whole lot of fun to watch let yeah. alone doing it I can't imagine how fun that must be <laughs> but um obviously all the riders are sat in the middle waiting to go out um and Don was like come with me and he just pushed me into the middle and I was in with Tim Neve, Charlie yeah. Nesbitt, Tom Neve was there um Chrissy was there, Peter Hickman was there, and I was just talking to them, Danny Webb as well. Um, I was just chatting to them, and it wasn't necessarily networking stuff, but it was, I can't say half the stuff that was mentioned because it's very inappropriate, but (laughs) it was, you know, you're not going to get anything else if you put a certain couple of people together. Yeah, Um, exactly. (laughs) And even that, I Mm -hmm. then went back, um, literally a couple hours later, I was just wandering around, and Hickman was like, oh, you're right. And it's like, well, hold on. I've watched you growing up and now we're mates. And yeah. I follow on Instagram, a like a like of a story. There's just different things from like, other people. It's, yeah. That it's like you make friends with people. They mm. share your thing. They see you liking. And it's as mm. horrible as social media can be. It is honestly life-changing, I think, especially with yeah. people like us. Like, we... We wouldn't be able to do what we do if it wasn't for social media. Mm-hmm. I think that's very yeah. Too. Well, like, I wouldn't have a job. Like, I get paid to do social media. Like that's yeah, that's it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I don't get paid for on track mine because obviously it's my own thing. I haven't monetized okay. it, but I'm enjoying it. And it's like okay, well, something yeah. may come of it if I do merch or if it lands me a job with a team doing some journalism bits or content creation. Mm-hmm. That's what matters. Like absolutely don't get me wrong I have to work you know I have to work a job and do this and there's a lot of things to juggle but it's it's Mm -hmm. worth it when you love it absolutely absolutely and obviously with the social media side of it because obviously you've been involved for years Mm -hmm. when it gets negative and it's so easy for it to get negative you've already said that you're a very strong individual but how do you find that? Because sometimes you do just pick up your phone, you're on your own in your bed and you've mm. seen the message and it's like, what the fuck do I, what do I do? Yeah. How, how have you coped with that? Um, I never used to be in this mindset, to be honest. I went through a really sort of bad patch a few years ago with, mm. um, I'd done a, a show for E4 I was yeah. posted on a car on a car show for Ethan. I saw that. I was doing my research at <laughs> yeah. Pitfall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um yeah, so we, we did that and it was great. The experience was great. I learned, I learned so much as a presenter on that on that experience. Um but the show completely flopped. I've never heard of it. Flopped. Yeah. The only they, time I've, they, I've seen it was your clip. Yeah, they um they did I think they showed five episodes. Bearing in mind, I was living in London for nearly four or five months filming it. So we did so many episodes. Yeah. Um, so I was away from everyone. So the intensity of that was living in a frigging travel lodge. Yeah. Like, filming, filming all of this, you know. So the whole build up to that 
um and it it did not go in the way that everyone expected after we put so much time and effort and I'd put myself out there and put myself yeah. on the line and they literally canned it I think it was after the fir- fourth episode oh my god and the hate and the comments that I was getting personally about the way that I looked my haircut um the clothes I was wearing even I had a set of dungarees on one day and then I got slayed for that um just I mean it was it was was nothing of my doing you know it was it was purely it's it's the um, weird it's just what it is you know yeah um but yeah that really really um spiraled me into sort of a really bad um I suppose you could say depression yeah but I I withdrew everything so I withdrew from social I withdrew from um putting myself out there to being like if you'd have met me then and met me now like completely different people yeah um but I just literally got to that point and I was just like why am I letting the opinion of individuals that are not on my wavelength or not on my energy affect that yeah Yeah. why would they why would I let the opinions of those people affect how I feel in day-to-day life Mm. and since then I just kind of like was like right no and if someone you know if I get a shitty comment now or something like that I mean touch wood I haven't had a few for a while but <laughs> if I if I get something negative come at me now I'm just like well you're entitled to your opinion mm. that's that's the you thing to think about I'm going to do my thing yeah and I'm going to do what makes me happy <laughs> so, don't like the content don't look at it exactly don't and watch it yeah <laughs> And have you found, so your your life is your work, basically. You know, you've said that there's been weeks where it's all just work, it's content creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously where social media, you pick up your phone and I'm, I'm working on my phone, you know, it's it's that yeah, simple. Yeah. yeah. How have you found a work-life balance? Because it, I I haven't got that. I'm, I'm like, right, I'm going to have an hour to, my, just an hour to myself, but I find mm-hmm. myself writing up, the next post how have you found that um I don't really have a work-life balance (laughs) it all kind of like blends into into one and you don't know where where it crosses I suppose that that's the beauty and the downside of making your hobby your career you know yeah um but yeah it's I am getting better at it I've Mm -hmm. actually got an afternoon booked off work tomorrow which I haven't done for about five freaking years progress yeah we're getting there um yeah I'm really bad for not taking any time off or you know especially like I said before with the whole saying yes to everything thing I will be flat out all year so normally like things start to get busy around now don't they for when the season starts um people don't realize the pre during the season mm -hmm. it's probably the easiest part it's the pre-season that because especially for me with interviewing people knocking that about um they're off in Spain I can't get hold of them and then it's it's a juggle it's so uh-huh. hard when they're uh-huh. actually racing you can actually relax a bit yeah <laughs> at least they're like out of your hair for half an hour yeah. aren't they like they're flying around somewhere <laughs> and you could do your own thing yeah you've got half an hour um, of time <laughs> yeah yeah but no yeah it, it is quite difficult um but I find as well because I've obviously grown up in in this industry, whether it's off road and track as well. So yes. I'm kind of like double barreled across both. Mm. So as soon as I like I finish work at Rurock now, for example, I'll go home and I'll be looking at stuff for shred. Yeah, like it's literally like you say, it's literally instantly there all yeah. the time, isn't it? And you haven't you haven't really the only time I'll I'll not look at stuff or be finding content or making notes on our content ideas is when I'm asleep yeah. <laughs> so bad I'm like, who am I gonna who am I gonna interview next or what am I gonna do with that how am I gonna yeah. take it's yeah. not until that split second you fall asleep that you're not thinking about it yeah and yeah with that, it you you've said that there was a time where you were so overwhelmed that you kind of lost yourself mm-hmm. so with that merge of a work work-life balance which you obviously said you don't really have yeah how has your mental health 
um, been affected by it? Gosh, um, like I say, I had that I had that really bad spell yeah. um, a few years ago, and that was that was a case of um, not biting off more than I could chew, but that was a case of taking a lot on mm. and not not preparing myself properly for that. Um, whereas now, mentally, I do a lot of um, meditation work breath work mm. stuff like that I really try and keep I mean if anyone follows me on Instagram that's listening in you'll notice that I post a lot about the moon and the crystals and shit like yeah, that I am doing that everyone <laughs> thanks me for it but I'm like no it's my no. thing honestly neutral, like I, yeah I just I discovered all of that side of things like when I was going through a really rough patch and okay. a girl a girl that I was friends with, she was a yoga teacher. So she was like, come along. I'll introduce you to some people. Um, and I actually went on a retreat in Ireland where wow. it was um, a breathwork retreat. Oh, my God. And honestly, it was like a light bulb going off. Like, wow. I kind of, it was just so focusing on, on your inner self and how you feel and how to manage those feelings. Yeah, when you feel that low, or you get frustrated, or you get, you know, your anxiety, and you're in that horrible fight or flight mm-hmm. mode, and you're just completely overwhelmed by everything, and that eventually led on to um, ADHD diagnosis. Okay. So that started that whole journey yeah. with that, um, which only happened sort of my ADHD diagnosis only kind of happened middle of last year, I'd say okay so um, you've gone a good amount of years and yeah it's only now that it's yeah me thinking oh my god I'm being reactive in this way because you know I'm, this, I'm, I'm just yeah we're in the same boat yeah yeah it's, and I'm thinking oh my god like am I overreacting am I doing this am I yes. doing that and if anything would go wrong in my little bubble I'd just be like no nah, run off from it yeah. mm-hmm. but now even just learning that and learning how to manage that it's almost like it's flipped on its head and it's like now it's this thing where I can you know really channel myself into something because I get so obsessed with things yeah so now it, it's it's really kind of all merged into itself and I feel like yeah there's obviously everyone's gonna have off days and yeah you know, I re- I get really frustrated some days, hmm. but it's just learning how to fine tune that and work on that in yourself. And I know that if I'm going to start getting stressed out or overwhelmed or get pissed off with something, and sometimes it's completely out of my control, hmm. I know how to um, bring myself back down to earth. That's what I like to call it, anyway. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hang on, check yourself a minute, so. Like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd say I'd say it's been a a real sort of roller coaster of of mental health emotions and but yeah, once you kind of tune into that and really start following your following your gut, especially yeah. oh my lord, um yeah, it's one of the biggest tools that you can have. Yeah, it's it's so amazing to hear different people's takes. It's like um. Mm did the interview with Glenn Irwin and he said he went through an awful patch which he's always been yeah, he did, yeah. Um, yeah. and it's like you don't expect it it's always the biggest characters mm-hmm. you don't really know um and it's really interesting to hear different people's sides of it so you have your yeah. own ways of coping he has yeah. his own he focused on racing and it helped him mm. I think it's so mm. easy in this industry and it was brought up with Rafe Broadley the arena cross yeah I'm a marina cross champion um <laughs> he he said well no it's it's not spoken about mental health isn't really spoken about in Mm-mm. motocross but then you go to bsb and it's we've um there's there's just more being spoken about yeah. you know yeah definitely i have noticed that over the past year or so that like joey thompson for example he's just done a great yeah. podcast uh, an interview about his mental health um, that was amazing that one yeah it's brilliant and I've just is Rafe's exactly right though there is not that much in the motocross world that does get spoken about it's they're almost like a few years behind the BSB yeah. in a way um but it definitely is improving yeah 
So it's getting there. <laughs> and obviously with this, you know, this little series of women mm-hmm. in motorsport, so we touched on sort of stereotypes of being a blonde, being involved. Like, I I get tempted to go back to my natural hair colour sometimes. I'm like, is it going (laughs) to be me? But I'm like, no, no. Um, But obviously you've said that you have dated riders. Um, Mm -hmm. How have you found that being involved with them? And then when that relationship does break down, Mm -hmm. you're sort of stuck. Like, well, they just for dating x or yeah you know how do you find that attitude coming towards you and how do you sort of micromanage it in a way oh gosh yes um it's it's tough because it's almost for example like a joe public breakup for example Mm. would be oh they've gone their separate ways that's it yeah whereas in the motorcycle industry it's very public yes and everyone, everyone knows before even you know at some some point yeah everyone knows everyone's business yeah. and it's very public and even now like I've been single for what six months something like mm-hmm. that yeah even now I still get messages asking what's happened with my breakup and this is six yeah you know six months later and this is yeah. just random people that are messaging me but because I do what I do they think, oh, I'm just going to message her it's about like, personal yeah. life. Yeah, it's, it's it's an odd one, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it is quite tough to manage sometimes because people say comments to you, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, oh, where's your fella or stuff like yeah. that, and I'm like, no, I'm here as me, like yes. I am a person. Can we get that across, <laughs> please? Yeah, like I am not just because of who I date. Does Doesn't not define me. <laughs> yeah, I don't lose my identity, you know. No. I'm me, and that's probably not helped me in my relationship sometimes because I'm like, <laughs> I am McGinn. Like, no one's yes. taking that away yeah. from me, so <laughs> doesn't really help. But... <laughs> no, but I yeah. think it's all good. Like, especially mm-hmm. sort of away from the industry, like on a personal yeah. level, like in any relationship, you need to be. I am mm-hmm. me yes we're together but we are individuals working together like it's different because I've definitely found it I have had Mm -hmm. when I worked with the ugly and co guys at brands the amount of things that were like oh come and buy some merch if you send me the link to your only fans I don't have one I'd like to clear up I'd like to clear that up now because Dom started a rumor that I do (laughs) (laughs) like I freaking Hats off to any girls that do OnlyFans. Like, honestly, honestly like, I love you. I you do you, honey. And they're smashing it. Yeah, right? But I must get probably three out of four messages a week. This is on yeah. Instagram alone. Asking, can I have the link to your OnlyFans? It's it's mad. And, it, and I think, again, I don't... This is no disrespect to anyone in the industry. Mm. But mm-hmm. I think there are definitely some individuals that... They've been swept up in the superbike, superstar lifestyle. And oh, they think, my God. You know what? She wants to see that. And it's... The egos, honey. The egos. Oh, oh my God. God. Do you know what? I'm obviously not going to name any names. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that girl. Um, but I think when they say stuff to you and you go, you do know I'm here for the bikes, like... I'm just gonna yeah. go and watch. Like, um, they're like, oh shit, uh, fuck. I'm used to girls saying yes. Oh shit, what do I do? And it makes them panic. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think it's getting better. Um, once well, once you put your foot down like that, like it does stop. I have to do it with people, and I'm like, oh, you know, I've got your missus's phone number, right? This is my point. The amount, <laughs> the amount of adultery that happens. <laughs> stop it now. <laughs> I'm not, I can't cope. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is quite tough to manage sometimes because people say comments to you, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, oh, where's your fella? Or stuff like yeah. that. And I'm like, no, I'm here as me. Like, yes. I am a person. Can we get that <laughs> across, am, please? Yeah. Like, I am not, just because of who I date, 
does doesn't not define me. <laughs> yeah, I don't lose my identity, you know. No. I'm me. And that's probably not helped me in my relationship sometimes because I'm like, <laughs> I am McGinn. Like, no one's yeah. taking that away yeah. from me. So it <laughs> doesn't really help. But, <laughs> no, but I yeah. think it's all good, like, especially mm-hmm. sort of away from the industry, like, on a personal yeah. level, like, in any relationship, you need to be, I am mm-hmm. me. Yes, we're together, but we are individuals working together. Like, it's different. Yeah. Because yeah. I've definitely found it. I have had, mm-hmm. when I worked with the Ugly & Co guys at Brands, the amount of things that were like, oh, I'll come and buy some merch if you send me the link to your OnlyFans. I don't have yeah. one. I'd like to Girl. clear that up. I'd like to clear that up now because Dom started a rumour that I do. <laughs> don't now. Like, I freaking hats off to any girls that do OnlyFans. Like, honestly, honestly you, I love you. I you do you, honey. And they're smashing it. Yeah, right? But I must get probably three out of four messages a week this is on yeah. Instagram alone, asking, can I have the link to your OnlyFans? It's it's mad. And it, and I think, again, I don't, this is no disrespect to anyone in the industry, mm. but mm-hmm. I think there are definitely some individuals that they've been swept up in the superbike, superstar lifestyle. Oh and they think, my God. You know what? She wants to see that. And it's, the egos, honey, the egos. Oh, no, my God. Do you know what? I'm obviously not going to name any names. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that girl. Um, but I think when they say stuff to you and you go, you do know I'm here for the bikes. Like, I'm just going to yeah. go and watch. Like, um, they're like, oh, shit. Uh, fuck, I'm used to girls saying yes. Oh, shit, what do I do? And it makes them panic. Yeah. And I think... Yeah. I think it's getting better. Um, once, wow. once you put your foot down like that, like it does stop. I have to do it with people. And I'm like, oh, you know, I've got your missus's phone number, right? This is my point. The amount, <laughs> the amount of adultery that happens, the amount of things that I will have a conversation with an individual and I've mm-hmm. made a joke. I Two days later, like on, on the Friday of race weekend, I'll say, I'll make a joke to someone. On the Sunday, be like, Oh, so you two? Oh, you said that to him. Oh, don't. Google translated that into saying I want to sex with you. Right. So one of my best friends, Tom Booth Amos, right? Oh yeah. We we've been friends for freaking years. I've known him for freaking years. He's like a little brother, right? I've always done his brolly for him whenever he's been in this country because it's just a thing. It's just a thing we've always done. Um, and he obviously wild carded at Brands, so I did his brolly for him at Brands. Yeah. And. Literally within half an hour of me walking back up from the grid, people were like, Oh, so are you and Tom like now thing? Or are you shrugging Tom? And I'm like, No, he's like my brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad because I am um, at the NEC show in November yeah. last year. I needed to chat with a couple of people and I was, you know, there was there was fans waiting to have pictures or people mm-hmm. needed to talk to them. I was just sort of stood waiting. Mm-hmm. And they were like oh, like, are you here for a picture as well? Like, you know, lovely, like, community. Yeah. Like, everyone yeah. wants to know everyone. I said, mm-hmm. oh, no, I just need to talk to them, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh. And I'm like, I just said I needed to talk. Like, where's this, oh, like, this suggestiveness come from? Like, and it's really off-putting because yeah. if, any, if anyone watching, listening, mm-hmm. has followed me from my personal account, you will know, there's an ex, uh, if you want to give it a follow, um <laughs> you'll know that I I don't care what I post. If I want to post in my bikini, I will. Absolutely. But I did a grid walk. I um was fortunate enough to go to the Rich Energy OMG hospitality. Absolutely amazing guys. Um and we did a grid walk and the amount of people that I was like, You mm-hmm. sent me a message after that, you sent me a message after that. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting there because my, my dad me and him go together. And yeah. I'm there and he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I think it is really bad because the amount of times I thought I don't want to go or yeah. I, or an outfit. Like, yeah. I, I've decided to wear a big hoodie that I don't actually like because I just, I don't want that name. Yeah, you don't want, you don't want the attention from it, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like, I, I used to really, I used to really get like that and I dulled myself down a lot to please other people 
and I just literally thought one day I was like fuck this I was like if I want to get more tattoos like, I'm going to get more tattoos I'm going to fucking get more piercings I'm going to dye my hair I'm going to do what the fuck I want yeah. <laughs> if I want to wear eyelashes I will if I don't fuck yeah. Does exactly <laughs> yeah and I and I think navigating that again with mm-hmm. social media is really hard um yeah but then again obviously we've said that social media is so rewarding mm-hmm. so it's like it, it is a bit like um a catch-22 yeah so one minute you love it one minute you're like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but with um you know your your career you are smashing it like oh, I don't you. think I've seen anyone in this industry especially in the content side it's very easy for riders to go through and smash it because people see their talent straight away. They're picked up. Big teams have got them before you can even blink. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially the content side is really hard. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say is your most rewarding job you've done, most rewarding work you've done? Yeah. I know you've got an amazing brand, so I'm not saying, oh, what brand? But, like, the opportunities that you've thought, I've done this, this is all me. Yeah. Um gosh you know I got asked this the other week and it's really hard to pinpoint because Mm. I've done so much amazing stuff and it doesn't really sink in until it's like until it's done yeah Yeah. I'm like holy shit until you look at your camera roll and think what yeah legit yeah um I definitely think uh the arena cross has to be like up there for me because obviously I wanted to do that for so long yeah um the most rewarding stuff gosh um the women's world record stuff's pretty cool we're talking yeah. about that yeah well you haven't spoken on the pod yeah so tell <laughs> everyone about that because some um, know. so uh we did a, a women's world record attempt a couple of years ago at silverstone this is in the middle of motor gp um and it was to get as many females on bikes on track at any one time so we did a parade lap with the with the awesome girls from um, Myrtle Advisor, Sherry and Namino Gray. You yeah. want to get them on a podcast, by the way. Definitely. Um, and they actually let me lead out the, oh my God, yeah. the whole procession of women. Um, so yeah, that that was a pretty surreal moment. And it was yeah. like, this is freaking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of like, look at me and you think, what? Like... Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I've interviewed like, some of the the people that I've interviewed has been really really cool like um Giacomo Agostini yeah like them them boys from back in the day like that was a pretty much like a bit of a pinch me moment like interviewing him I, th- I think when you interview someone you think okay I've interviewed mm. them then you sort of step back and you think yeah everyone thinks this of them you think shit I've done yeah, that you process it afterwards yeah. don't you it's, it's you get so you- like so when you see other people's reactions, you think, "Yeah, oh my god, yeah!" Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's baffling. Um, I think as well that like, I sat down with um, I sat down with uh, Valentino Rossi and interviewed him once as well. And that for it's me, I was my dream. so I was so like, you know, when you get in that fight or flight mode. God, and yeah. I was just like, it was felt like it was done in an instant, but it was like a half hour piece that I did with him oh wow and literally afterwards and like I messaged my dad I was like guess who I've just spoke to and interviewed told him and he was like what that's amazing <laughs> like, yeah. oh shit yeah it actually is <laughs> I did have this conversation with someone at work the other day because like Pete's one of my good friends now mm. and like all these people that you speak to in our industry and all the riders they are just normal people yeah and I think sometimes that gets forgotten because they're almost, because they're obviously amazing at what they do, but they get put on this little pedestal and people forget that they are actually real humans with real mm. feelings. Yes. And it's just so, it's quite humbling in a way, actually, because like, especially with Pete and stuff, you can have a normal conversation with yeah. them. Whereas yeah. obviously you do get some riders that are, like oh, look at me. head in the clouds yeah. egotistical but yeah we'll not go there yeah. but <laughs> maybe um, we'll start a patreon we might go there <laughs> oh my god yeah let's name and shame them all yeah <laughs> the um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> we love you all guys yeah we do um but yeah it, it's it's strange because I think people do forget they are just normal people and they're just doing their jobs but I remember the first time I came into it I was thinking okay I have mm. to prove what I know about the TT course I have to oh I yeah. know this lap they don't fucking care they just want to know about you they want to know about your life they want to chat yeah. like the first time I met Dom oh I, I love like, Dom so I was, much like the, their podcast I was yeah. in a really really crap place and mm. that was literally what pulled me out like yeah it was yeah. hearing those two like it was absolutely amazing and I sort of I was like shit I was like shaking and I was like Dom now half the conversations we have could never be aired but yeah I was like the first time I met him I was like shit it's like fuck what what yeah. situation and then I was sort of talking about oh the documentary like the religious sport like I loved it like it was so gripping and he was like just chill out man yeah <laughs> yeah he um he's been giving me some grief this week actually because when's um, he not got, um I know I've got a new um a new race suit from RST oh I cannot wait to see that yeah so he I messaged me because he wants to see it um if you show him you have to show me <laughs> Yeah, I will. I will. I'll send you a picture afterwards. But um, uh, yeah, if you have Patreon, you will have instant access to Sophie McGinn's <laughs> in the future. Yes, um, that's been awesome as well because, like, partnering with them, so it's it's official. Like, I'm partnered with um, RST for 2023. So we've got a bunch of yeah. So it was a, that was a bit of a surreal thing actually because obviously I've known of the brand for so many years. Yeah. Um, and they reached out to me and they were like, look, we really love your style. We want you to do some presenting videos for us. Mm. Um, so that's going to be a series at the TT we're going to do this year. Um, <laughs> the series the series is called Meet McGinn or something along the line. Oh, you've got your own show. <laughs> yeah, I know. So uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to be riding around the island, going to certain spots, certain bars. Um you know, chatting to people in RST, oh. getting a, a real behind-the-scenes feel for the TT because I don't yeah. think that's documented enough. There's the, all the polished, great, amazing content that we mm. get, um, but there's none of the like the real, the real people. And yeah. like, I want to go into the middle of bushes with a microphone and like talk to people and stuff like that. So the David Attenborough of the TT. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the kind of plan. Um, that we're going down the road of RST, but yeah, they've they've fully factory kitted me up with oh my God. Uh, a race suit. So you'll you'll know it's McGinn when you see it coming. Oh, That's all I'm say. <laughs> you want. And obviously, um, you were at the TT last year. It was the first year back. Was that your first time being there working? Um, that was my first time ever at the TT. Really? Yeah, my first time ever um obviously my partner at the time was racing as well yeah. which I found absolutely fucking terrifying yeah like, there's no secret there because Miranda. I spoke to Jill about it and obviously mm. Pete as you know he's so chilled it, yeah yeah like, yeah Jill says hit him not being stressed stressed her out like yeah. how how yeah. did you find it from your point of view watching the TT yeah. watching that person that you're with yeah it's it's terrifying mate and to be honest like I found it quite difficult because a lot of my friends were there as well. Mm. Like Pete, you've got mullet, there's people like that, yeah. you know. And it was not just watching my partner at the time, it was watching my friends go. It was like there's Dom there, there's there's all these different people. Yeah. And it's like anything could happen. And like me and Jill quite often would stand like at the side, like crying <laughs> to each other. It's the last <laughs> way. It was just it was just terrifying yeah but you know you know that if anything ever happened or you know touch wood anything anything like that ever yeah. happened they are living the absolute dream they're, they're doing what they love that honestly I can't like I can't explain that enough they are mm. doing exactly what they have dreamt of doing for years yeah. and that that brings me a little bit of comfort in a way it gives you peace in 
they, yeah. they they know what they're doing but they love what they're doing and yeah. if if the that outcome does happen then yeah that they, they yeah. They're, they're doing what they love you know it's so easy yeah. to say but especially in this industry it, it, it is true yeah but I think as well like the rest of it the rest of it like I absolutely fell in love with the whole place mm. like the islands the people you know just the charm of the Isle of Man is yeah. is second to none and then when you get all of the bike races in one place at one time and all of the bike fans Whoa. and then you get all the partying and all the fun stuff oh, <laughs> it's like it's just I can't explain to people how good it is and I'm sure you get the same vibes when you, you know when you've gone I haven't but... been yet <laughs> what I have never been I'm a bit of a girl I'm, I'm I know are you going this year yeah no so jealous Please FaceTime me. We'll get you there. Don't worry. We'll get you there. <laughs> um, and one thing I do always ask um, my guests on, on TrackMind is if they had any advice for upcoming X, Y, and Zs, what would they say? Yeah. So for you, um, what would your advice be for young girls who want to be in the content side? Oh, gosh. Um, I think the same as what, um I said at the start of the podcast really just be authentic yeah and be true to who you are um don't feel like you know especially in the the bike world you don't feel like you have to get a bit of tip and a bit of ass out just to get followers on the gram like no you know if that's what you want to do crack on I've owned it I strut around in leggings and jumpers and even then I'm living that yeah exactly um, don't feel like you need to ever undersell yourself either. Um, mm-hmm. Be confident in your ability and yeah. who you are as a person because the right people will value who you are. 100%. Yes. <laughs> That's advice I could have done with a couple months ago. So I'm taking <laughs> that on. I'm learning here. Yeah, girl. <sighs> yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> is there anything else you want to tell everyone um, any, any bit of promo i don't think so no i don't think so just keep up to up to date with everything again on my instagram because that's where all the mad stuff goes yeah. down <laughs> on track mind and i'll see what yes. also follow at on dot track mind can't forget the dot um <laughs> so yeah thank you guys so much for listening thank you sophie for being a part of it Oh, thank you. It's been amazing. It's been delightful. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.